reading from James chapter 1. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. A lot of times, just as everything is going pretty well for us, life tends to throw us a curveball. Um, something happens that we're not expecting, and all of a sudden, here we are in the midst of a great trial. And sometimes those trials are short and temporary, and sometimes those trials last years. But no matter what the trial is, we want to find a way out of that trial. We just studied James 1 last week and saw that um, children of God are supposed to see trials not just as a battleground, but also as more of a training ground where we enter into the trial uh, knowing that we're going to come out of it if we put our faith and trust in God and we, we seek to be faithful. We're going to come out of it stronger than we were whenever we entered into it. And that's the, the joy to be found in the trial is the knowing that God is working with us to create in us a stronger, more steadfast, more faithful, more perfect self uh, that glorifies God to the fullest. And that's our goal in life. But as we enter into trials, uh, what do we do in response? Well, we try to get out of it. We, we look for quick fixes don't we? We look for a way of escape. We start squirming and, and dodging and trying to, to run as far away as we can from the trial and do whatever we can to get away from it. Well, as we study together in James chapter 1, we're going to see that maybe the best course of action is to be still. And instead of pursuing our own salvation, to lean into God and to seek his help in our struggle. If you're like me, that's not easy. But that's exactly what James encourages us to do. And what was just read in verse 5 of James 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom. Let's pause over that idea. Do you lack wisdom? No. Surely not. Surely we have all the wisdom that we need, don't we? The society that we live in is constantly conditioning us to believe that we know everything we need to know. And we have the technological means to find out anything that we don't already know. So surely none of us lack wisdom. We have all the answers. We have all the control. If somebody uh, dies it's, it's, or something goes terribly wrong in our lives, it's not because we don't have enough wisdom. It's just got to be coincidence. Do we lack wisdom? James says, if any of you lacks wisdom. And so we need to stop for a second and think, do I lack wisdom? Society thinks you have wisdom. 
And they don't stop to question that, that idea, that concept. You ever notice that? There's this belief, this kind of mantra that we know what's best and we believe the right things and we do the right things and we say the right things and everything that comes out of us is right. Uh, that is the way that everybody thinks and nobody ever stops to think, is that the right way to think about things? They don't stop to be humble and to ask questions and think, well, maybe I don't know everything that there is to know about this and maybe I should seek guidance elsewhere. That's not what we're trained to do that much in school. We're just shoveled in information. And then at the end of it, we get a diploma saying, you've done it. You know everything that there is to know now. Go and share your wisdom with the world because you've accomplished it. You know, whenever we go through trials, as I said, what we tend to do is start looking for ways to fix the problem. That comes from a feeling inside of us that we don't lack wisdom. We fail to consider wisdom in the trial. We fail to pursue wisdom in the trial. Instead, we resort to the things that we can do, that we know to do in order to fix everything. Well, notice James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. When we're facing trials, James wants us to begin with introspection. Do you lack wisdom to deal with that trial? Do you understand the decisions you're going to make that's going to result in the best case scenario after the to get you through the trial and get out the other side steadfast and faithful and closer to perfection? Do you already have that built into you? If you don't have it, he says, ask God. Think about that for a second. Whenever trials come, our response is, what can I do to fix this? I receive a diagnosis of a disease or something. What prescription can I receive? How can I fix the problem? Uh, and that's the way we think. We like to do something. It makes us feel better to do something, anything. We Google, what can I do to help with my back problem, to help with my leg problem, to uh, help with my cough or my sneeze? What do I have? We try to figure out the symptoms in order to figure out the disease, and we try to self-diagnose. That's the way we are. If we need help, we try to help ourselves. I have to be honest, I'm, I'm one of those. I'll, I'll grab a self-help book. I've come to learn that most of them are complete garbage. <laughs> and they say a lot of the same kind of things that the world is constantly proclaiming. The answer is inside of you and look inside yourself. And uh, you need to trust in your own heart and all of these kinds of things. Sometimes they're very helpful. I found some very helpful uh, kind of books that help you to deal with issues. Um, but the most helpful book is our Bible, right? I mean, this is the ultimate self-help, which is not really self. The wisdom comes from God. But we can seek out help 
in the Bible. This is a place that we can go to find the depth of the wisdom of God. Uh, We just seek. We look into it. We understand. The more we understand from the Bible, the more our worldview develops, and it helps us to put all of our problems into perspective. We talked about that last week. We need the right perspective to have joy in a trial. And he's saying here, he's, he's pointing us to God And, of course, God is the source of wisdom. And in our scriptures, we find God's wisdom written down for us to understand. Now, it's not like a self-help book. It's not a book that we read and that we just graze through it and we got it. We're done. You read through uh, the prophets and you'll just say, I don't even know what I just read. Makes no sense. But whenever you slow down and you consider the context, you consider the message of what God is trying to reveal to us, we can find great wisdom that helps us deal with all of life's trials. Notice James doesn't say, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him study The words that God has written down for us. That's what I would expect. And if I lack wisdom, that's where I would go. Because I'm a doer. (laughs) I want to do something to fix the problem. And so I'm going to dig and find out where the answers are to the problems. But James doesn't say, do something to help yourself. He says, stop. You know how unnatural it feels to stop when those anxieties are welling up inside of us? There's this feeling that if I don't take advantage of the opportunity I have now to do something to fix the problem, then I'm going to miss the opportunity and I'm not going to be able to fix the problem. And so I have to keep doing something. And James says, stop. And ask. Ask God for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask God to give it to you. What does God know? Everything. He knows everything about our situation and our circumstances. He knows everything that could solve our problems uh, or that could make them worse. He knows the the gold nugget that's going to be found at the end of the trial if we're faithful. He knows how we can go from here to there. He knows it all. He shows us in his word that he is the one who knows everything. He he knew you before you were ever born. There's pictures in Isaiah of hundreds of years before a king would be born who would uh, set his people free from captivity. He knew him by name. God knows you. He knew you in the womb. He knows you. And he knows everything that that will ever happen to you. He is understanding of that. And his understanding and his wisdom is greater than anything we could ever imagine. And James says, stop what you're doing and ask God for wisdom. 
Is that hard for you? You know, we hear that and think, that's really easy. And you know, some of us might, even in that first part, whenever it says, do any of you lack wisdom, some of us might think, yeah, I'm dumb as a rock, you know. I lack wisdom. I don't understand hardly anything. Okay, congrats. That's a great accomplishment. <laughs> you know, the world is telling you that you know everything, and you saw, through, you, saw, you saw through the lie, and you understand I don't know how to handle every situation. Maybe you've gone through trials that you were just like, I've never heard of this ever happening, and I have no idea what to do. Maybe you've gone through trials, and you tried to fix so many times, and you've fallen flat on your face. Okay, So you understand, I don't have wisdom. I don't know what to do. But are you asking God for wisdom? See, it's one thing to know that you don't know anything, <laughs> that you're not wise. But it's a whole nother thing, a whole nother level of humility to turn to God and to ask for his help. Many of us don't like to seek help from someone else. Our society tells us that's a sign of weakness. And yet, we are weak. And the only strength that we're going to find that's going to help us get through the trial is just a question away. We're too foolish to see it. <laughs> but God wants to fix that. He wants to correct that. I love these words. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. Notice the way he describes God's giving. He gives generously. God doesn't have a, an inventory of wisdom that is a, of limited supply. And he thinks, well, I've only got enough for so many people that I can only give you this much. It's this picture of he's just going to throw it on you. He's going to lavish it on you like he lavishes grace on people who are willing to submit to him. He's going to lavish wisdom. He says he gives generously to all. Notice he also says without reproach. You know, my kids ask me for something. And they ask and they ask and they ask. And I might just say no because I don't feel like giving it to them. I might say no because I'm being harsh and I don't think that they should have it or I don't think they deserve it or something along those lines. I look at them and I think, oh, you're just, you're, you've done all these foolish things. Why would I give that to you? And God could so easily look at us and say the same thing. Done so many foolish things. You don't deserve wisdom. But that's not how he acts. He looks at us and he knows how foolish we are. Even more than we know how foolish we are. He knows how undeserving we are. Even beyond what we know. And yet, he looks at us without reproach. Without despising us. Without uh, condemning us. And he says, here. Take this. Let it help you. 
to be what you're supposed to be, to, to get through this trial and find out and understand what you're supposed to find out. That's the way James portrays God. If we ask him, he is there willing and ready and able to give to us the wisdom that we're seeking. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that exciting to know that God is willing to do that for us? The latter part of this section, he says, verse 6, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. As you go through trials, if you were to think, I don't really know how to handle this trial. And you were to think, I know what I'll do. I'll ask God for his help. Wow, that's amazing. You've made major progress. <laughs> that's good. But you know, whenever we're going through trials, we might start thinking, why, God? Why am I going through this anyway? And as we ask God for wisdom we might start expecting there to be a plethora of knowledge and wisdom and understanding that just pours into our mind and, and everything is solved really quick. Oh, we've got the quick fix. We've got the solution to all of our problems. God, give me wisdom. Okay, you gave it. Now I know what to do to solve all my problems and all my trials. No, unfortunately, that's not the way that it's going to work. Whenever we're going through trials... Those trials will fog our perspective on things. We become very focused on the temporary, very focused on the here and now. The only thing we care about is getting out of the trial. And so whenever we pray to God and he doesn't deliver what we're hoping for, which we're asking for wisdom, but maybe inside we're really hoping for everything to be fixed, and he lets us go through the trials, and we, we have the wisdom to see the value of the trials, but we don't want to go through it. We could start doubting God's goodness. Start thinking, well, God's not really going to give me wisdom. Why should I even pray for wisdom? He's not solved my problems. He's not removed the trial. He doesn't offer me anything. You can see how... He says this person is like a wave of the sea that's going back and forth. He says whenever we're in trials, we're maybe one day relying on God, calling out to God, trusting in God. And the next day our situation hasn't changed and we're cursing God and we're saying why God and, and we're upset thinking he's no good. He says that person is double minded. Their heart is torn between two worlds, the world uh, itself and, and God. Instead of uh, loving God alone, there is inside of that person a love of this world, a love of comfort, a love of pleasure, a love of peace. And he says God is able to see right through that heart that doubts that 
he'll give you wisdom in the trial. He says that person is unstable. That's interesting, isn't it? You remember in the first section, count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you go through trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. To be steadfast is to be immovable, to be firm. And here is a picture of one who doubts, and instead of immovable and firm, it's unstable and about to fall. See how he's pointing to this and saying, doubts are the real issue in the trial. The issue is not the pain and suffering that you're going through or that your loved one's going through. The issue is doubts. You've been through trials at some point in your life. If you're old enough, you've been through some trial. You ever been in doubt of God's goodness and God's love for you? You ever wondered if he really cares about you, if he sees you? I think we all have. What James is trying to help us understand is we can't stay that way. We can't stay that way. He says if we are that way, if we are doubting, then we're unstable. We're near to falling. And Satan is constantly buffeting us, trying to push us over the edge, and we become unstable, so doubts are a major issue for us. We need to remove doubts, and the only way to remove doubts is to know God. You know who he is. You know what he's done. You know how he loves you, how he cares for you. Those doubts don't last very long. We looked last week as we were studying depression on Sunday night. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Uh, The psalmist is saying. Why are you in turmoil within me? He knows better than to have doubts. He's sitting there fighting with himself, saying, What are you so upset about? Hope in God. He'll, He'll surely deliver you. You see, that that battle inside is happening uh, with the psalmist. And he's learning to trust God more and more as the psalms progress. And he's remembering the trials he goes through in life are not a reflection of God's punishment and, and cruel nature. But that God has this goodness in spite of the trial. This love and compassion and mercy that he's willing to let us go through the trial so that we can grow from it. Remember verses 2 through 4 of James. He has something in mind in the trial that he wants to create inside of us. He wants to help us. We cannot be refined and become that precious diamond until the weight of the trial comes upon us. So it's not out of hatred or cruelty that he gives us trials but it's because he loves us and he wants us to grow, to be more like him, to be what we were created to be, image bearers of his, perfection, steadfastness and love and compassion. So as we read this text, we see we need wisdom. We need wisdom to make it through the trials of life. 
we will all face more trials. It's guaranteed. If you live long enough, trials are going to come. You can't avoid them. You can't escape them. But you need wisdom to get through it. And you don't really need the wisdom of the world. The world is going to tell you things like, you shouldn't even be in a trial if you were a good person. If God really loved you. You know, like the psalmist, they're saying, where is your God? It's the wisdom of the world. They tell you to trust in yourself. Don't trust in God. He's like an imaginary friend or something along those lines. And the picture we get is God is real and he wants to provide wisdom for us as we study his word, but also as we just ask him. He's willing to share it with us. He's willing to help us understand how to be more like him. In chapter 3 of James, he's going to talk about this more. He's going to describe wisdom from God. In verse 17, I'll just give you a sneak peek. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. See the picture that the wisdom from God is not like the wisdom from the world that just uh, is, is making you feel better about yourself. It's intellectually stimulating. I, you watch YouTube channels, you listen to all these guys talk about their philosophies and their theories, and, and you learn all about the wisdom of the world, and it's intellectually stimulating. But there's a wisdom from God that is transformative, that changes us from the inside out. And helps us to overcome whatever it is life throws at us. That's the wisdom we need to seek. And it will bring us closer to what we were created to be. The world around us is using their wisdom and they're crumbling. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. This whole mentality of we're, athe- we're atheists, we believe in evolution, and all of this is completely removing the purpose of life that God has given us. If you want to have purpose, seek the wisdom from above. Seek the God who created everything and who gave us a man to illustrate our purpose. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is our fount of wisdom. Come from God so that we can see and understand who we are and how we can endure all of the suffering that this life throws at us. Isn't it wonderful to serve this God, to know who he is? I don't know what you're going through right now. I'll say this probably multiple times as we talk about depression and trials and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what you're going through right now. But have you stopped to ask God for wisdom? To deal with the trial, to endure the trial, and to come out the other side closer to the image of Christ. I hope that you are. Let's pray right now. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this wonderful text and the 
revelation that you've given to us to understand that uh, you're willing to just shower wisdom upon those who are asking for it. Uh, Lord, we pray this morning that you'll give us all a strong belief and faith that knowing that you are our, our wonderful God, that you are compassionate and merciful and abounding in steadfast love even over all of us who lack wisdom, who lack understanding, and who fail repeatedly to be what you've called us to be. Lord, we ask that you provide us with the wisdom we need to go through the various trials that we're going through in life and to come out the other side closer to what you would have us to be. Please help us to shine a light for others to see your glory, for them to desire to know you and to experience the freedom that you offer, freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from eternity and torment. Help us to be mindful of your love and your grace. And help us to serve you with all that we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Now at this time we offer uh, an opportunity for any who need prayers to come forward. Uh, if you're struggling with something in life and you need additional encouragement and lifting up, we're here for you. Uh, if you've not yet called on God to be your Savior, you've not yet submitted your heart, submitted your life to serve Him. Put away all the things of the world and the desires of the world and seek and truly desire God. We want to help you and encourage you in any way we can. If you need to be obedient to God's call, please come as we stand and as we sing.